0: This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Welcome in 2023, the oh, very first episode of Scissors and Scrubs so for this new year. Happy New Year, everyone. We're well, Welcome back. And we're going to kick off the new year. I'm Nicole, by um, the way. And I'm Laura. We're going to kick off the new year with a story that Disney has done twice, because the dogs are so fucking cool, and it's just a great story. It's I've a great feel-good story. Never seen either. Oh, well, you should, Laura, because yeah.
1: it's something. Do they p- take place in Boston?
0: Oh, I know, right. You won't watch anything Probably that won't doesn't see take it. place Mike in Mike was Stiff. trying
1: to tell me last night, because Avatar came out. The Any? Blue People Avatar? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. The second one came uh-huh. out? and um, jack was going to see it and then he's talking about he's like Laura, the guy like the main guy in it is from boston in the movie and i'm like not the same aren't they aliens and he's like yeah and i'm like okay so what how he's like but he's has a boston accent i'm like i literally well, gone- cuz he's like isn't he supposed to be a military guy
0: marine that lost his legs I can't, I have never can't. seen okay. any of them. So I'm like I don't any
1: understand any. what he's saying. So, but it's a blue person. I don't and he's understand like, the words. Well, they're not, from they're aliens. Up. I'm like so they're aliens, but don't they have tails? He's like I'm like I think I've seen a picture with tails. He's like yeah, well they have tails because it helps them walk on the trees. I'm like I <laughs> literally can't. You lost me at walking on the trees. So they talk- No, they lost me at blue people. So I'm like so they so then him and Jack and Sam are in the family group text and Mike's like I was trying to describe to mom like the guy with the Boston accent in the Avatar movie, and then like. And how she should see it because it's pretty much a Boston movie, and the kid's like, "Truth, that's fact." No, it's pretty much a Boston movie. The guy has a Boston accent. You should probably watch. He's it. on the
0: like on another planet. He's what? like,
1: it's pretty much the town of the departed, and then, like, it's like, yeah, it's yeah, like not even close. It's like the second Goodwill Hunting. I'm like, I'm
0: pretty sure you're full of
1: shit, first of all. But. Well, I was telling Cameron because he's getting ready
0: to go to his ship. In fact, probably by the time this comes out, he He'll will be, be on it. his not his ship, his boat, because he's on a submarine. And I said, dude, you're going to represent East Coast when you get on a boat. And mm-hmm. like, fucking Boston all day long. So we start talking about the town. I said, did not you ever see the guy? because I told him, I said, you should get a tattoo. Fucking 01907, Swamp scout. Like, he goes, <laughs> and dumbass that he is, I love my son, but he's not the brightest. But he's like, what is that? And Vienna's <laughs> like, "Your zip code, you moron. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is that? So I was like, didn't you ever see the town? I said, that guy was plucked out of the crowd. I said he's got the tattoo on his arm. Yeah. It's Massachusetts with the red um the Irish flag and the zip code yeah. of Charlestown in it. I said, that's why they picked him for the movie. He doesn't say a fucking thing in the movie. Right. He, he just, just got stands that, out that of the fucking Zonica. tattoo. Yep. I said, Cameron, you gotta get that tattoo. Not maybe the Irish flag. I don't know what you want to put in because you're so white, it could be anything. It's the American flag. He's in the he You could do the American flag. Hmm. I said, because Swamp's got so white, mm-hmm. I said you could put zero one nine zero seven. There you go. Yep. You're all set. That- and he's like i'm not doing that i said you should get on your submarine and be like here comes the beast from the east yeah. and he's like mom that's so silly i'm not doing that i'm like cameron represent pal you gonna no. represent the boat yeah jack's
1: jack's down there representing
0: well jack's got you know the what? massachusetts tat. here's my theory yeah here's my theory because jack has the Massachusetts and his friend just got the new mexico tat oh, yeah. all right cameron hasn't been away yet oh. he's going to be yeah and as somebody who left once you leave New England, you know how good it and is, and you're in another. No, you are like representing, mm. you want talking well, that's about because my city, you are talking that's about my because town. you know how
1: good it is. Well, you whether appreciate that or, or
0: not, it's where I'm from, that's right, and I am going to defend it to the death, that's right. So he'll get that. I said, I'm gonna get you a couple of Boston things
1: because mm. you've got to represent yeah.
0: when you're outside.
1: He's yeah. like, All right, fine, I'm like just saying, it's here. all that. It's literally, all- I'm telling you because I'm insane. And I always tell them, like, "This is the best place in the world. This is the best place in the world. This is the best place in my." And my kids thought I was insane. And Jack left. He's like, "Mom, you're right."
0: Boss. But I think wherever your home is, yeah, of course, to you is the best place in the world. But it's really, you know, I agree. I but, mean, the, but I best mean, best we have place. listeners who aren't from here, Laura. So we have to not alienate. Them. They might want to. They might want to come here. <laughs>
1: it is. It is the best. It has the best food in the world. Oh, best seafood down. in the world, hands down. Um,
0: it's a beach, the,
1: o- the mountains, the lakes. It's the- one
0: of the only places left that has still ethnic neighborhoods. Yes, that's not. Comp- it's starting to be whitewashed but it's not completely whitewashed yes. yet i am personally a fan but that's me um so that being said that being said so. we're going to move on to the diphtheria outbreak in Nome of 1925 yes <laughs> and how they got the antitoxins there yes
1: laura take it away okay i'm talking to you about diphtheria um i got my information from the cdc national geographic and the cbc CBC, um, what is that? I don't
0: know. That was the webpage. Central Board. So, diphtheria, we talk about it almost any episode
1: and we talk about history. Any old Everybody episode always had fucking diphtheria.
0: diphtheria. Everybody yep. has
1: gotten diphtheria. And I'm giving you a quick overview of it. Very quick. Diphtheria is an infectious disease that is caused by the bacteria. Why do I do diphtheria? this to myself? <laughs> Corin bacterium diphtheriae. That works. That bacteria makes. So, that bacteria, you can have it. That's fine. It makes a toxin though and that's what causes the illness okay. is this toxin not it's the actual nasty bacteria gas that yeah. ends up in your system It spreads from person to person usually through respiratory droplets from coughing and sneezing. it can spread from touching open sores or else's also I will get into why yeah, why would you that touch you would open have that. Um, you are at an increased risk if you live in the same household as an infected person um, if you're in frequent close contact with an infected person like if you're a nurse or mm-hmm. a doctor or whatever. Um, and if you are directly exposed to secretions from an infected site, like the mouth or skin.
0: Gross.
1: Yeah. Mouth, I get, skin, gross. Yeah. Um, the bacteria usually infects the respiratory system when it attacks, it attaches to the lining of the respiratory system and it can cause weakness, sore throat, mild fever, and swollen glands of the neck. All right. That bacteria then makes that toxin. The toxin kills healthy tissue. So the bacteria alone, it makes you have like swollen right. lymph nodes and a sore throat. The toxin kills all the healthy tissue that it's touching. Mm-hmm. So within two to three days, that dead tissue forms thick gray coating mm. that builds up in the throat and nose. That's disgusting. That's, it's real gross. Um, that build up. That's buildup, disgusting. Yeah. That buildup is referred to like in the medical field as a XTD. pseudo. date. <laughs> no, as a pseudo membrane because it like covers it. It's like a membrane. It's, it's nasty. Um, it can cover tissue in the nose, tonsils, voice box, and the throat, making it hard to swallow and breathe. Imagine what that tastes like. No, I don't mm. even want to know. Um, it it like actually starts to suffocate you because it's covering, it it's lining everything. If the toxins get in your bloodstream, it can cause damage to the heart, kidneys, and nerves. Oof. You can get a diphtheria skin infection that causes open sores and ulcers because that to- those toxins mm. kill the healthy tissue on your skin, causing sores and ulcers. Um, they, the skin, diphtheria, skin infections rarely cause diphtheria. severe illness. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a skin infection that they can treat. Um, in adults, there is a 5 to 10% mortality rate with the respiratory, I'm going to be talking about respiratory more than anything. diphtheria. Um, in adults, there's a 5 to 10% mortality rate. In children, there is a 20% Ooh, mortality that's rate. That's pretty high. So it affects children much worse than it affects adults.
0: Kids uh, just don't have any reserve to no. fight anything.
1: Um, A doctor will diagnose diphtheria by the signs and symptoms. They will swab the nose and throat or ulcers, if that's what you have. If it grows diphtheria toxin, it is obviously a confirmed diphtheria case. But that takes valuable time, right? Like to grow the bacteria and then to get the toxin from the bacteria takes a long time. So if it is a suspected case of diphtheria, they will treat you immediately without the confirmation. Um, Treatment involves using diphtheria antitoxin to stop the toxin from damaging the body. It's used, in dip, it's used in respiratory diphtheria, not skin infections. DAT, or the diphtheria antitoxin, is a med made up of antibodies. It is injected into veins, so it can be intravenous, mm-hmm. or into the muscle, and I am shot. There, there are very common side effects that are very severe.
0: From the antitoxin. From the
1: antitoxin. So it includes serum sickness. In anaphylaxis.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Serum sickness is um, a reaction to proteins and antiserum derived from an animal source. It occurs five to 10 days after exposure. So you get it. You think, OK, mm-hmm. I'm all right. And then five to 10 days later, you get Sevelio.
0: A lot of these uh, vaccines and antiserums are grown on other things. So, so yeah. It, so these
1: must have been grown on something else. I'll, yeah, I get okay. it. Um, symptoms include rash, itching, joint pain, fever and lymphadenopathy. DAT was developed in the late 1800s. So, I mean, they made it mm-hmm. a while ago. It is made from the blood plasma of horses that Ooh. have been immunized against diphtheria. So that's why mm-hmm. you can get this serum sickness. It is on the WHO's list of essential medicines. Like, it's very important. Um, it can only be, if you live in the US, it, you can only get it from the CDC. The oh, CDC wow. holds all the antitoxins.
0: CDC, we really need to cover them next yeah. year.
1: Um, So they, like, if you have this, you need this, you have to call the CDC to get it. Uh, Many countries, including many in Europe, no longer have it because these reactions are so severe. Right. Antibiotics are used to kill the bacteria itself. Um, Patients are no longer able to infect others 48 hours after beginning antibiotics. Okay. Complications from diphtheria are airway blockage, myocarditis, polyneuropathy, In kidney failure, even with treatment, one in 10 patients die. Mm -hmm. Without treatment, 50% die. (gasps) Wow. Prevention. That's high. That's huge. Prevention is key. Like you, you have to prevent diphtheria because once you get it, you don't know for a while, like, and then you treat it, then you're sick and then it's lights out. Uh, In the US, there are four vaccines that protect against diphtheria. This gets slightly confusing. <laughs> there's the diphtheria and tetanus vaccine, which is the DT vaccine. It's usually given to children. Mm-hmm. There's the diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis vaccine, which that's is most
0: the kids in our country get DTap. Yep,
1: it's received by young children, adolescents. Then there's the tetanus and diphtheria vaccine. It's the opposite of the diphtheria and tetanus. Vaccine. <laughs> it's the TD that's given to adults. Then there's the tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis. Tdap, yeah. which is given to preteens and adults, so they're like almost the same, but not really. Yeah, I think before school you have to have the dtap. <clears throat> yeah, so babies should get three shots of dtap to build up high levels of, of immunity. They usually get those at two months, four months, and then six months. Right. Then young children get two boosters of dtap at fifteen to eighteen months, and then four to six years right. old. They have to have it because they are affected so. Yeah,
0: they'll die terribly
1: by it, and they have not. They have nothing. To fight it. To fight it. Um preteens and teens should get one shot of T DAP between ages eleven and twelve. Pregnant women should get T DAP during the early part of the third trimester. They are now giving everybody a booster I don't when they're think pregnant. We got it when we, we did it. Now like, it's like I know all the quiet. girls at work are like, oh, they have to, we have to get T DAP. My mother has to get it. My father has to get it. like anybody that's having close con- contact with that infant is supposed to get a booster. Wow. Um and the pregnant women are, it's yeah that's like, weird I wonder if it's making a comeback I don't know well I think it's also the pertussis in it that mm-hmm. they want them to get it for mm-hmm. um, because I had whooping cough I obviously was immunized but the pertussis was there was like no levels of pertussis right. so they, I think they're giving it the booster so the kids don't get pertussis because children will die of pertussis um, all adults who never received a vaccine for whatever reason should get a Tdap then followed by TD or Tdap every 10 years Wow. Um, so yeah, got to keep this up. It doesn't, it one shot does not protect mm-hmm. you for life. If you come in contact with someone with diphtheria, you'll be treated with antibiotics prophylactically. So they won't even test. If you came you're in getting, close contact, you live in someone's house with it, you're getting the antibiotics. Um, close contacts will also be monitored um, for possible illness seven to 10 days from the last exposure, that, you know, up to seven to 10 days. They'll be tested for diphtheria and then they'll be given a diphtheria booster shot if your vaccines are not up to date. Um, health departments investigate each case of diphtheria to identify close contact. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have to stress like, oh, I don't know, maybe they had diphtheria. They're doing it. <laughs> they will find you if you have your you are close contact. So dip, it's serious, obviously, it's right? A, yeah. You have to prevent it because the treatment could be too late. Um, In Nome, Noma, Alaska is a place it's a town Way up in Alaska It was founded in 1901 It is high on the western coast of Alaska On the Bering Sea mm-hmm. So it's way it's, the fuck out there It's up by the Arctic Circle yep. It is a frontier town It was built on the golden fur trade mm-hmm. um, It is closer to Siberia Than it is to Anchorage mm-hmm. It is way the fuck out there It is remote Very remote This shit only happens in very remote, remote places towns. In 1924 and 1925, Nome's population was about 1,600 people, and about 10,000 people lived in like the surrounding mm-hmm. lands. Around Christmas 1924, the local doctor of Nome, Curtis Welch, saw two children with sore throats. He diagnosed them with tonsillitis. Um, those two children then became very, very ill, and Welch realized this is diphtheria. This mm-hmm. isn't tonsillitis when he went to admit us to the antitoxin he realized the hospital stock the entire stock was expired oh. so there's no antitoxin to to give anybody and by mid January four kids had died and 30 people had diphtheria, diphtheria. and that's like on they think that's a lowball number because the outlying mm-hmm. areas didn't come into town ta- you know um Welch sends a telegram to a- Anchorage telling them that Nome no, he quarantined all of Nome mm-hmm. like everyone's quarantined Which isn't hard to do, because they're basically fucking quarantined just from the weather. And needed one... He asked for one million units of antitoxin to be sent for, quote, an epidemic of diphtheria is almost inevitable. Mm -hmm. They had all been around. They all... You know, the kids all go to school together. You know, whatever. The parents all mingle. There's only 1,600 people. Like, you're all shopping at the same place. Mm -hmm. You're all getting every... You know, whatever. You're all seeing the same people. It's going to spread. Um... Of course, because it always happens in a perfect storm Mm -hmm. That year Saw the worst winter conditions in decades In Nome, Alaska Temps were at a 20 year low So they can't operate Plane safely because it's fucking freezing Mm -hmm. And the port Into Nome, Alaska is completely Frozen over So they need a sled team For the antitoxin To get the antitoxin into Nome, Alaska Take over me and my dogs Yes all right, we're going to give you a
0: little background first on the dogs and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So as she said, Nome, Alaska is very um, isolated in October. That would be the month when they would decide, OK, if you're staying here for the winter, you're staying here for the winter. If you're not staying here, you're fucking out because once winter sets in a gnome, you're not getting in, you're not getting out. It's far too dangerous for planes to come in and out. Um, that's when all the supplies would come in, blah, 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 blah. The only way to get to Nome now is by dog sled. And there's a lot of, because it's um, gold and fur trades, there's a lot of like routes that the dog sleds would take Mm -hmm. in and out. So you need to hear a little bit about dogs, dog sleds, and the people who do the dog sledding to know um, the story of this race of mercy of 1925. Mm -hmm. You have Leonard Sepola. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Probably not. He came to Alaska in 1900 Which I can't even imagine Like I went to Alaska in 1998 mm-hmm. I can't- And it was wild no. It was like I had gone back in time I can't imagine it was like 1900 no. Most beautiful place I have ever seen in my life mm-hmm. But it is wild Like just wild mm-hmm. And the people are weird <laughs> Um, Sorry but you are So at this time the dog teams are made up Of just Alaskan Malamutes. Like if you've ever seen a Malumut I think I'm saying that right they look like huskies on crack. They're really mm-hmm. big, burly, wintry dogs. Um, Sapala works for the Pioneer Mining Company, and he becomes an expert musher. A musher is the guy running the sled. Mm-hmm. He's known all over the parts as the best musher around. Yeah. He's a big fucking musher. Mm-hmm. So he starts bringing in Siberian huskies from Russia from a fur trader called William Gusak. Yeah huskies are more scrappy they're smaller they're like 50 pounds um they're just little fuckers they're Mm -hmm. like just better than the malumets they're just they're just smaller and more able to do shit so by 1910 siberian husky dog teams are winning the all alaskan sweepstakes which is a big race that these mushers run Mm
1: -hmm.
0: we're going to talk about togo okay togo He's born to this bitch named Dolly in 1913. Mm-hmm. Togo's a dog. Uh, the bitch is his mom. Mm-hmm. So they're owned by this Leonard Seppala. At this time, uh, he owns Gnome's finest dog sleds and dogs. Like oh. He is the man for the dog sled. He's the guy. He is the do- guy mm-hmm. in 1913. Any like, champion dog comes from his kennel. Mm-hmm. So as a puppy, Togo's kind of sickly. He's small. He's kind of the rent of the litter and so like, this guy is never going to be a dog sled. He's never going to be on a team. I'm going to give him to my neighbor. So being nice, he gives him to the neighbor. Togo's having none of this. He flings himself through a plate glass window oh. and goes back to the kettle. And is like, oh, it's fucking Togo. He's back. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, he can run along this dog sled with me. But Togo's a complete asshole. Yeah. So while the dogs are running, harnessed up. He's biting at the heels. (gasps) He's biting at the dogs. If he comes another, he mauled another dog on another dog team. He's a little fucker. Mm -hmm. So he's like, okay. So when you have the dog team, you get the guy in the sled, you get the wheel dogs. The wheel dogs are the dogs closest to the sled. Mm -hmm. And then you get the lead dog. The lead dog can be 20 to 40 feet ahead of this guy. Mm -hmm. He's like, all right. He puts him as a wheel dog. He puts him closest to the sled. By the end of the day, this dog is such an asshole that he's gone 75 miles with the dog sled, and he's now the lead dog. By the end of the day, he's such a dick that he's like, Oh, well, he's not a real dog. He's not a middle dog. Well, I'll just put him in the lead. Fucking dog. He's like, he's a born leader. All right? So, they slow- they very quickly become inseparable, him and this dog, and they win the All-Star Alaskan Sweepstakes in 1915, 1916, 1917. Wow. Another one of Sopala's dogs is Balto Balto's a completely Different kind of dog, Balto's A working dog, he's a Reliable dog, he's a Whatever you need me to do dog, Mm -hmm. I take the Load, okay He's a like, he's a, he's he's not a Togo, Mm -hmm. right. Excuse me, he's a dog That he would never use as a Lead dog on a team, he's Going to use you to just run errands with That's the kind of dog, he's Mm -hmm. like your mom He's just, I'm just going to run errands Um, so they have this diphtheria outbreak in Nome, and there's no pilots going to take a chance flying into Nome in January. Mm -hmm. So it's called the Race for Mercy. The Race for Mercy is going to cover 674 miles from Nanana, Alaska to Nome. It starts on January 27th, 1925, just after midnight. This is when the anti serum they had, it was shipped to Seward. Um, Alaska, Seward, Alaska, shipped by train up as far as they could get it. They pick it up at the train station and this whole relay team is organized by the whoever organized it to get this serum to Nome. Mm-hmm. There's going to be 20 mushers and over 100 dogs that are going to try to cover 674 miles as fast as they can. Because as they're trying to get there, the diphtheria outbreak's getting worse and people are dying. Mm-hmm. So the route covers raw wilderness. And at one point you're going to cro- cross the Norton Sound, which is iced over water. Okay. Oh. Um. In other like these these routes have been there. This isn't like the first time they've ever used these routes. This route is a common route to get to Nome. It has been used for years by different traders and blah 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 blah. Um. So these twenty teams are selected. And even though in 1925, Sopala is 47 and Togo is 12 years. He's, a, he's 12 years old. That's I pretty say, old for He was
1: saying he was born in 1913. Like he's old. He's old. He they're, the old. Right. Yeah. they're both old
0: for mm-hmm. this, but they are the best that there is. So they're chosen for the most difficult route, which is going to cover that water. Mm-hmm. Um, the drivers are responsible for keeping the serum from freezing because if it freezes, you could break bottles. It could be really bad. So you can't, it can't get frozen
1: mm-hmm. in the, freaking freezing it's negative 20 degrees it's ridiculous
0: um like i said i can't stress enough if you've never been to alaska you cannot believe how wild the wilderness Mm. is it sounds weird to say that but looking at it it's intimidating just thinking what would i do if i was lost in there? because there's just there's no people around for miles it's mountains and glaciers and grizzlies Mm. and it's it's insane and cold it's very fucking cold so, along the route, they're going to have warming... Like, they tell you there's stations they were going to stop at. They're nothing more than a hut with a fire in it. Mm-hmm. That these they're going to go to rest the dogs or whatever they're going to do. um And the mushers would bring the serum in to keep it from freezing. They'd bring it to these warming huts. Mm-hmm. um The average temperature in January in Nome, on a really great day, is 20 degrees. Sometimes these guys were going in through night at negative 20 oh, degrees. Oh, my God. The dog team's... The dog team choices are really important, like I said, especially for the lead dog. Because the lead dog can be 20 to 40 feet ahead of the musher, he's making decisions mm-hmm. without the musher. That guy really is just, I don't know what he fucking does yeah. because the dogs are doing everything. Um, They may run into, he has to have a lot of fortitude. He has to be really, really smart, which sounds funny to say about a dog. But when I give you one story of Togo, you, can, you can't believe how fucking smart these yeah. dogs are. Uh, some of the challenges on the trail could be they run into like a wall of snow and that lead dog the guy may not even know there's a wall of snow mm-hmm. that lead dog is deciding can this team get over that snow can this team get around that snow what is this team gonna do mm-hmm. and that dog is making the decision for the other team um if you end up on an ice flow so the water breaks up that dog has to decide like are we gonna try to get across this ice flow like what am i gonna do it's it's crazy yeah and sometimes you know there's 20 there's 20 Two, four, six, eight, I think it'd be 12, 14 dogs on a sled. Mm-hmm. They can get tangled up in the ropes. Yeah. And that can be detrimental as well. So it, it can be really hairy. Mm-hmm. And one quote is a man is only as good as his team. Yes. Which is true. So January 27th at midnight, Sepola picks up the serum. It's a little confusing for me because he gets the serum, he's out of the serum, but he's still in the raid. Like, I don't know how this relay was going. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they just kept going to pick it up later. Right. But, People, different people get the serum and deeper people deliver. The, it's it's going to get confusing. So if I confuse you, I apologize because I was confused myself. Um, So he picks up the serum and he heads out. He's taking the most grueling parts of the race. Mm-hmm. Um, After he and a few of the other mushers head out, the organizers change things and they add teams to the route. Unbeknownst to all these guys. I was say, who,
1: you can't tell people that in 1925. Right. There's yeah. no
0: cell phone right. to tell you, hey, by the way, we added more teams. Because they're worried, they want to make some of these things shorter mm-hmm. so that they're really terrified that the serum is going to freeze or break. Mm-hmm. One of the teams added, unbeknownst to Sapola, is Balto. Yeah. And with his handler, Gun- Gunnar Um, Because Sepola uh, specifically told Gunner, don't use Balto. Don't use this dog. So, nobody knows these other teams have been added. And another problem is while they're on the course, a huge fucking blizzard is coming in. Of course it is. And the organizers told people, like, wait till the blizzard passes. Nobody, they're already out there. Right. They're not getting this word, mm-hmm. and the huts aren't getting the words. Qual- so they're just fucking going. Mm-hmm. How this serum makes it <laughs> is amazing, because there's no communication, and it's literally by chance. Mm-hmm. So in negative 30 degree weather, Sapola and his team, they covered 170 miles in three days on these fucking dog sides. <sighs> Which, you can't, like, 170 miles to us in a car at 70, 80 miles an hour is nothing. Right. A dog sled, what are the max speed they're going? 15, in, 20 in miles the In they're the snow. In snow. snow yeah. Through the woods. Yeah. They're not going that fast. Right. Because they're having 70 miles in three days. Um, and he's not knowing there are other teams out there. He's going across the Norton Sound, all right, which cuts a day off the trip because it's frozen solid. Mm-hmm. And a side note he takes the sound back um i'm gonna talk about that later because he takes it when he comes back on that sound there's this crazy story about togo (laughs) i fucking love togo (laughs) all right so while he is um running and this is again now the serm's not with him at this point mm -hmm. but he's running he's cutting team off he runs into this henry ivanov who was a late addition from the team um to carry the serum. He has no idea what Ivan's doing out there. And Ivan's like, I've got the serum. He's yelling to him through the snow. And they only find each other because the dogs are barking. Oh, okay. So he stops. He gets the serum from Henry. He continues on. um, And he takes it uh, within 79 miles yeah. of Nome. On his way back, he's crossing the Sound, right? So he is on, they were on it and they're on a ice flow. They don't know it. It starts to break up. Mm. And he can't get to land. So he takes Togo, puts a rope in the dog's mouth, and throws him <gasps> five feet across the water to the safest part. Togo drops the line, gets in the water, mm. grabs the line, rolls himself up in it, and pulls the sled. Cl- puts the ice full yeah. back in so the sled can get back across. It. Oh, my God. My kids couldn't do no. that. They'd be like, why And anyway, the thing is, do that. these dogs get wet they get frostbite. Yeah. You have to dry them off immediately, take care of their paws, because if their feet get wet for two yeah. seconds, yeah. they're fucking frostbite. So I mean, it's just like, I heard this from, like, this dog is such a bad, it's a <laughs> fucking love togo. Um, so he saves the day. Mm-hmm. So he hands the serum off, Sapola hands the serum off, 78 miles from Gnome. Um, these mushers are getting frostbite. Yeah. Some of them are dying. Some of the dogs are dying. One mushers hands freeze to the sled. <laughs> They have to come out with hot water, pour it on oh. his hands to pry him off the sled. That's how fucking cold uh. it is. Um, the last leg of the trip falls to Gunnar Kassen, mm-hmm. And now there had been a couple of dogs that led the sled. And I don't know if they got sick of him, they could die. But for whatever reason, Balto now is running the sled.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Balto ain't that dog, but he's now a lead dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is specifically against... Sapala's instructions Do not put Balto in the lead Balto's running the fucking lead uh, The blizzard at this point It's ridiculous It's so bad The drivers can't see Shit mm-hmm. But Balto is like If you ever go horseback riding And there's a one horse That knows how to always Fucking get back to the barn mm-hmm. Balto knows how to get to know him No matter how lost Balto is He's gonna find his way to know him mm-hmm. And he gets lost But Balto finds his way to Nome. And at one point the, the sled tips And all the fucking serum Ends <gasps> up in the snow Gunner, with his bare hands in negative thirty degree weather, is picking up all the serum and putting it back in the sled. He ends up getting frostbite Ugh. in his hands from it. Um, but February third, nineteen twenty-five, at like five o'clock in the afternoon, here comes fucking Balto leading the sled into Nome, Alaska. Mm-hmm. Gunner is in the back. He's barely conscious. He can. He's almost completely dilapidated mm-hmm. by the time he gets to Nome. He they covered 674 miles, all of these teams, yes. 674 miles in five days. Wow, people can't cover that in a car in five right. days. Okay, five days. Um, when they pull into Nome, Gunner pulls himself off the back of the sled, walks to the front, grabs Balto, and collapses. Mm-hmm. This is all that Nome sees is him grabbing Balto. Dr. Walsh grabs the, the serum. All of it's frozen solid. Oh my God. So he has to bring it into a shed at 45 degrees mm-hmm. and slowly, slowly thaw all the anti serum. Takes 18 hours oh for my him God. to thaw the anti serum. Eventually, he's able to start giving, after 18 hours, he's able to start trading the places. Balto becomes a fucking sensation. Mm-hmm. Togo, nobody hears about Togo mm-hmm. because. Balto's the one that walks into Nome He takes all the credit They make movies about Balto Mm -hmm. They make a statue for him in Central Park Mm -hmm. He takes all of the credit He does a fucking tour down in the United States Eventually Gunner is telling everybody It wasn't just Balto Mm -hmm. Like you've got to meet Togo Togo was the hero of the day Togo did the hardest trips Mm -hmm. Togo was the tenacious dog that saved the day So eventually Disney also makes a movie about Togo Togo also gets a statue in Central Park So there's both those dogs um balto ended up on like a a circuit somehow mm-hmm. the owner like, sapolo got swindled out of balto that's the only way i can explain it yeah and he was on this tour and people from like cleveland ohio were like this dog's fucking not doing well because they used to be in the snow yeah they, that's they, not he doesn't not want to be a, on a tour right circuit. they bring money together to buy balto back And they put him on like a ranch in Cleveland and they let him live out his days. Nice. Togo came down from Alaska with Sapala. He was doing some kind of tour and he was, they were starting dog sled breeding in uh, Maine. Excuse me. And Sapala had gone to Maine with this dog. He's played by William Defoe in the movie. If you want to get an idea what this guy looks like. Mm -hmm. He goes to Maine and he realizes there's no way this dog's too old to make it back to Alaska. So he leaves him with this woman. And if you Google Togo, you'll see a picture of him at like 15 years old. And he's hanging out with this woman in Maine. He lived out his days in Maine very, very fucking happy. Mm-hmm. So the this 1925 race leads to what we now race as the Iditarod. Mm-hmm. The Iditarod race is the same trails. It's actually longer Then I'm going to give you a brief, very brief overview of the Iditarod because you could really get into the Iditarod. Um, It's a race that's run today and it covers the same route as the Great Mercy Race, but it's actually longer. It's added on to each side. Um, On the even numbered years race, they run the southern route. On the odd number rates, it's the northern route. And the length of the race is like 975 miles. The southern race is different a little bit here they rounded up to like um the number 49 comes in because 49 was alaska's the 49th state mm-hmm. so they rounded it up to that it has 26 checkpoints on the northern route 27 checkpoints on the southern route the mushers will have like so they plan for this race all these checkpoints the mushers fly Shit to all of these checkpoints Mm -hmm. So that they always have supplies for the dogs For themselves, medical supplies Food for the dogs, food for themselves On this race It starts on the first Saturday in March In Anchorage, Alaska Um, The first musher will depart at 10am And then there are two minute intervals Every musher goes after that The official finish line Is in Red Fox Olsen Trail Monument on the Buried Arch (laughs) It's this big wooden arch. It's fallen. They've rebuilt it. Mm-hmm. And that's where the... the it's a thousand miles away from Anchorage. Um, they will light a widow's lamp. And they keep that widow's lamp lit till the last musher crosses the finish line. Mm-hmm. He will be known as the Red Lantern. Basically loser. Because mm-hmm. you have the last one. It usually lasts about 10 days. And the winner will get $50,000 and a brand new truck. That
1: is not enough money. No. No, ten enough days in fucking frostbite no.
0: and stuff. No. And like, just the problem, these dogs are no joke. Yeah. Like, you know, mushroom dogs, they're not friendly. They're nippers. They're biters. They could fight they're with aggressive. each other. They, they have, have to be aggressive, be aggressive to very do aggressive dogs, that. Yeah. but they're very smart dogs. Yeah. So, like, I, how would
1: a dog know I'm going to roll myself in this rope so I can get that close to me so I can pull mm-hmm. the thing across? Like, how would a dog mm-hmm. know that? How would he know that that rope is the survival of the people right. on the other side? Like, how do you know that?
0: But the and like yeah. i said i mean these dogs are running the race it's not the musher because mm. they can't even tell the dog what to do mm. and this dog gets i mean balto whatever you want to say about balto because they took a lot of credit away from him because it was really tog balto got it to gnome mm-hmm. in the middle of a fucking blizzard with a musher who was half dead on the back yeah. he knew where he was going he fucking got it to gnome and right. these dogs i mean I'm, I'm a dog person i'm a cat person i'm an animal person these dogs save the fucking day. I think it's yeah. the best story in the world. Yeah.
1: Um. So I love that story, and I yeah. love my dogs. So well, yeah. thank you, Nora, for giving us that idea. Great idea.
0: Yeah. Um, we do have an email. Do you want to read it, or do you want me to read it? Okay. I don't care. I really. yeah. don't care. You want to read it, because I just did all my dogs. you, you yeah. talked out. I'm talked out, baby. I'm parched.
1: Oh yeah. All right. This says, dear friends, I'm writing <laughs> to you from the great state of Pennsylvania. That's a great state. I'm sorry. Did I say that a
0: lot <laughs> Hi, Pennsylvania. We love you.
1: No, I am not from Scranton. We did visit Scranton when we went to like D.C. and yeah. uh, Philadelphia. We stopped at Scranton for Jack. There's nothing in Scranton. No, but we had to stop. Um, just a few miles north of Philadelphia. Go birds. No way. Um, I've been a nurse for over 30 years with 25 of them spent in several different EAs, including Ooh. a level two trauma center. God bless you. I would like to make a global statement to every OBAR nurse I ever, I have ever come across. I'm sorry. <laughs> That half-dead person I brought you, I'm sorry. No. That trauma person that was barely clinging by a fingernail, I'm sorry. That's not your fault. You didn't send him. That simple appy that turned into a cluster, I'm really sorry about that one. <laughs> Please know that every time I brought a person to the O-R, that I assured that person that the nurses there were way smarter than us. I wouldn't say that. No. In any case, I wanted to thank you for your hysterical podcast. I found it during post-COVID recovery on TikTok, of all places. I know, Gen <laughs> X on TikTok. L- lady, we hear you. Oh, we're on yeah. there. I'm Gen X all day long. <laughs> so cliche, but hey, it's a welcome distraction. Your accents are very cool to listen to, especially from a nurse trained in Philly. I learned early that getting burnt by a girl did not mean that what I thought it meant when I was a green EI ER nurse. Which brings me to my podcast idea for you. I'm still going through back episodes, but maybe... Asking people to send in terms patients have used to describe medical conditions. For for instance, the roaches of the liver. The sugar. The roaches of the liver. I just got what that was supposed to be. (laughs) Sugar diabetes. The diabetes. The sugar. Fireballs of the Eucharist. That's fibroids of the uterus?
0: (laughs) I've heard a lot of people call it as fibroids of the (laughs) uterbole.
1: Um, you get the idea. By anyway, of the <laughs> thanks so much for the laughs. My husband is convinced I'm losing it, and I'm pretty sure my dog thinks I'm possessed because I burst out laughing randomly <laughs> listening to your content. Much appreciated, Shelly. P.S. How bad did the Philly crowd roast you for how you pronounced our river? I don't know how we said it, but I guess it's Schuylkill. I'm sure we came up with Schuylkill. Sure <laughs> or as we affectionately call it, the Shawkill. <laughs> I can't complain. I totally jack up all those Boston names myself. God bless. Also, yeah, P. let's see
0: you pronounce Worcester. All yeah.
1: right. <laughs> also, P.S. Wawa is greater than sheets in case you do a poll. Better coffee would never disrespect dunks to your faces. <laughs> Listen,
0: I don't want to hear it. All right. I'm so well known at dunks. They know me when I pull up at the non screened drive through. I pulled up the other day. They're like, You want your iced tea with three large liquid sugars? I'm like, How do you know it's me? She heard me on the phone. I was like, oh, my God. They heard my
1: voice. (laughs) They know me. That's bad. I love my dunks. Oh, thanks, Shelly. I think that's a good idea. I put it up on uh, social media. And and we're putting it through here, too. Like, tell us your crazy things that your patients have called stuff. Different conditions. Oh, like your family members. Like, people call shit the weirdest things. I know. know. The stints. I love the stints. I got a stint in my head. I'm like, a stint is a time you do in jail. You're doing a stint in prison. A stint is not going into your heart. That's a stint. But like I just, it's. I'm God, telling the you, stints. I got stints. No, you don't. Know, you got stents. My whole but...
0: life, it was always. Oh, my grandmother had the sugars. The sugars. I'm yeah. like, do you mean diabetes? Like, what the fuck is yeah. the sugars? She was a brittle, brittle We're diabetic. diabetic. Yeah. Brittle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What abs? How sure do we say was...
1: diabetes? Though? They don't. The diabetes. The diabetes. The yeah.
0: diabetes. He's got the diabetes yeah. of the kidneys. Yeah. yeah. God bless. Mm-hmm yeah so and it's hard to keep a straight face sometimes when they say this shit you're like i'm sorry what, did, what are you calling me?
1: Yeah. <laughs> did you spend time in prison or you had a hot procedure i'm not sure what you're talking about i'm not about. really sure what we're talking yeah.
0: about here prison mike speaking to Yeah.
1: thanks Shelley. all right
0: welcome to the new year hopefully we'll be able to come up with some really great episodes for you because we're year five now and i'm Let's getting get tapped <laughs> man so in come in. up with some shit for us to talk about yeah um though i did love my dogs they made me so happy i was yeah, so excited this, to do this episode. it's very cute very cute um yeah we got some black history month coming up i thought we could do some stuff there mm-hmm. i had some ideas we got mm-hmm. some women in medicine we could talk about mm-hmm. um but yeah talk to us we'd love to hear from you we love your emails we're going to be lightening up on the tiktok um and we're going to be just that's about it yeah i think yeah all right yeah happy new year happy new
1: year we'll see you soon bye, bye. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scrubs at gmail.com.